I'm attracted more to horror and, and the dark things in life uh, because they're fascinating. Uh, the good things are, are, are good in real life, but I think when you're telling a story for, for in a book or on the, on the screen, it is nice if it's a little dangerous, a little uh, uh, something you don't see every day, because you want to go to your theater and experience something else that you don't know. And uh, I'm, I'm just fascinated by uh, horror stories and, and those concepts, and uh, I think they're much more interesting. So uh, 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 that's why I always do it, write that. <laughs> I want to, uh, if people go to the cinema, I really want to give them an experience which they will never forget. I see so many films and people, uh, when they saw the film, they think, what's for dinner? They forget about the film immediately. And I like it that the film stays in their heads and they can have uh, conversations with their friends about it and keep thinking about it. And then I know for sure in like 20 years, people still talk about your ideas. Eating while you're uh, watching a movie, well, with my films, that's not a good idea, I think. And I administer the slices of pizza as the scenes that were the most disturbing came up. Eating and, and intermittently between bites laughing. And he kept doing it for so long. Finally, I was like, Dave, what are you, what are you watching right now? And he looks up between bites and he says, oh, he was sending me too. It's really funny. So it doesn't, none, of, none of what happened here with these guys surprises me whatsoever. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin and Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Cat is out this week because we're doing something a little bit different. 100% medically accurate podcast centipede. We're talking about the human centipede, of course, and the human centipede, too. And we've got uh, a couple uh, flies in the trap here. We've called up our old friend Ben's been dead. Hello, Ben. Hello. How are we doing? I'm doing well. We also picked up some guy named Mike. He was uh, looking around through, around the side of the building or something. I don't know what he was doing, but uh, we kind of suckered him in, and we're hoping to put him in the caboose. Pretty good deal. That's a pretty sweet deal. So The Human Centipede is, is the movie that shocked the world, or did it, in 2009. This is directed by Tom Six. He is a Dutch director known previously as one of the directors on Big Brother, the Dutch version. And he brought us a movie that he thought was going to shock us all. Basically, you have Dieter Laser starring as Dr. Josef Heiter, who was previously known as a world-renowned surgeon separating conjoined twins. Well, now he's lost his fucking mind, and what he wants to do is stitch people together rather than pull them apart. I mean, half of that, I guess, could sort of be uh, like, hey, yeah, good intentions. But his whole vision is that he wants to connect people through their gastrointestinal system and make himself a human centipede. So he is out and about stealing tourists, capturing them, and he wants to take them through the surgery of, like I said, conjoining them through the gastrointestinal system. I didn't love this movie the first time I saw it because, look, it was like really like out there in the horror world as like holy shit like you're not going to believe this this guy's out of his mind this movie is crazy and you're thinking of things like you know Salo or a Serbian film uh the first time I saw it I went into it through the lens of like all right I, I want to go I'm, I'm gonna see a serious horror movie it's really gonna fuck me up I can't wait for this and I was let down I've seen it a few times since, but watching it this time through the lens of the show 
and knowing some of the the cast of characters that I was going to be talking about it with, I loved it this time. And Trent, I know this is like one of your like ride or dies. Like you love this movie. I'll speak but for I myself. But I watched it Thank this you. time like it's a comedy, and I enjoyed it tremendously. I thought that Dieter Laser's performance is one of the best comedic performances of all time. I laughed more than I cringed. And I totally dug this. So uh, let's go around the table. I don't even know who I go to because Kat's not here. So I don't know if Dave's next. I don't know who's next. But somebody talk more about the human Dave's getting your poop right in his mouth right now. Yeah, I didn't like this the first time I saw it either. Uh, And then I watched it today with these guys and also did not like it again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's going to be hard to not compare the two when having this conversation because... They are essentially two different approaches to the same movie. But um, the first one, I I hated the dialogue. And that's obviously not a problem uh, in the second one. But I don't know. I just didn't like it. Uh, I I thought this time I really noticed the really bad acting, the really bad, like, titling. It looks very cheap to me. And sometimes I like that, especially when it's like, you know, a really grimy movie like this. Sometimes it adds to it. This time it didn't. And I do have a very good recollection of loving Human Centipede 2, which I went to with very like low expectations after seeing this movie. Um, but, you know, I, I like the guy sometimes. I like the, the main dude reminds me of Ninja from Die Antwoord. <laughs> Yep, and, okay. and he's like always like posing is like there's like one part where she's escaping and he's got to, you know, to make haste and go get her. And I noticed that he puts his sunglasses on before uh, going to get her. And you don't see this. He just shows up in the next scene with his sunglasses and he's always in some sort of like gaunt, like stoic pose. And he's. There's all, all these like we're we're calling them album covers album cover shows. Yeah. because yeah, it was yeah. like if this guy put out an album. Uh, this these different shots would be his, uh, you know, epic shot. I like this a little bit. Uh, I know that it's a classic. It set the standard for horror movies to be more gross, which I'm fully behind. Uh, I feel like it was a wave of extreme movies that kind of avalanched after this. So I have to give it respect for that. But um, we get a couple newbies here. Um, Drifter, what did you you just you just watched Drifter? Yes. <laughs> You just watched The Human Centipede. What did you think? Well, I mean, I've done this kind of stuff before, obviously, because I'm I a can tell. No, I I thought I thought it was I thought it was really funny because this is one of those films where, for the first half of it, and and for the second half of it, really, I'm just watching it and being like, "Why are you? Why are you making these decisions? Yep. Like the whole film is the first film." is really like a public service announcement for why you should learn how to change a tire. The whole, (laughs) the entire thing could be avoided if they just knew how to change a tire. That thing looks like a nice, maybe like a Skoda hatchback. Like there's probably a full size tire, like replacement tire in the back of that thing. The the whole thing could have been done with. And like the club, you were mentioning the club. The what? club was probably nearby. Oh, the yeah, the like yeah, that was the other thing. It was like, oh, I think we missed a turn. Like the club is back there. No, you're like deep in the middle in of the, the forest. Of you didn't you didn't miss a turn anytime in the past like 15 miles. Like there's so many parts in it that were just like 
okay, at this point, if you've made this many bad decisions, get centipeded. You you should all be the centerpiece. <laughs> get we need a t-shirt that says get centipeded. Yeah. That's the new t-shirt. Hashtag get centipeded. But that's my hot take. I don't know. Canceled. Ben, what did you think of the human centipede? Uh I think I saw it probably like right around when it came out. Oh. Um and I, I remembered a few things from it, but like this time around it, it definitely was way worse. The acting was way worse. The dialogue was horrible. And I was I was <laughs> also was really so drawn to how bad the decision making was yeah. from everybody. <laughs> it was like at every turn when you could have like done something to help free yourself. And they just always made the wrong decisions. When she dragged her through like all the glass. Yeah. Like, like dragging this like, woman around as if you're somehow gonna through, escape this guy. She dragged her through and so the thing, much the glass. Thing we talked about the most was like not uh ever trying to attack the guy. Yeah. Like they never yeah. made any attempt to like take him down at all. They were just trying to crawl away like that would ever work. Um so yeah, I thought it was Other than that, it was a great it was stupid. a great romp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite movies the of all time. Peed. I think it is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. One of the greatest horror movies the past 20 years. Wow. It's been 12 or 13 years now. It will still be one of the greatest horror movies of the past uh, 30 years in 10 years from now. This is, uh, to me, a classic. A lot of the things that um, people don't like about it, I totally understand. I think that a lot of it, is supposed to be sort of a, the, especially the beginning, a sort of send-up of the traditional like slasher horror movie, all of the ridiculous things that happen, them being out in the woods, they're nowhere near a club, they were at a hotel, like, why would yeah. they even be there? The flat tire, like, right yeah. away, boom. Yeah. Um, and then they walk into the woods. Like, yeah, they go straight they, into the woods instead they, of following yeah, the road. Yeah, they get off the road and walk into the woods. Yeah, so all those <laughs> things are, like, the most ridiculous sort of cliches of horror movies. Oh, no I cell can see it like that, yeah. She gets out the cell phone, of course, no service. So it's kind of like leading up all those things until they're traipsing around in the woods. And then you have another sort of classic thing. They come upon the house. There's one light out here. And, of course, it's the home of Dr. Heiter. Um, I loved Dieter Laser as Dr. Heiter. Mm. He was amazing in this movie. He was so funny. And he was, uh, I think he's a very serious actor. He's been in tons and tons of stuff. And he um, was... Uh, Given this role, he, he there was no auditioning or anything. Six didn't audition anyone. He just saw um, Laser in something and sent him the script, and Laser loved it, and they met, and, and that was it. And I love. I wish that he was in more movies. He's in the third one, um, which we are not really talking about. I haven't seen in a long time, but I loved him. I loved everything about it. Um, I think this is a great one. Yeah, you got to watch it. You got to watch it as a comedy. I mean, everything that like Mikey and Ben were just talking about. It's all things that are like super cliche about horror movies, but that's the whole point. That's what Tom Six is doing, and he fucked all of us. He like totally pulled the wool over our eyes that we were going to get this amazing horror film with so much gore and so many crazy things, and then he didn't show us anything. Like the buildup to the surgery of actually stitching the people together was so good, and then he doesn't show us anything. And then it's a bunch oh. of lame. I think I scenes. saw enough. Oh, I saw enough. I mean, I felt like I had to cover my eyes in many parts. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got you guys are horror pops. Like That's it, fine. That's Evan, fine. You'll catch up. You'll catch. I liked it before you say you when you watch this, you instantly think Salo. 
<laughs> and like, and like, no, people don't. No people don't know. They don't think of the movies we that are worse than this. We have a couple of newbies with us. I don't know what. what I would yes. not even consider myself a horror fan at this point. Yeah, yeah. Ben, these are both. Um, yeah, I'm these wading are both into the water, but That's like, true. well, we're we're very jaded. So I would yeah. take issue with your statement, shit, Kevin, that you don't see anything or doesn't show you anything. It's very, very disgusting. I had a couple, couple tough moments even for me. So. I don't know about that. It doesn't show you as much as you might expect, though, being you know the subject matter. My, yeah, my favorite okay. all right. part of the first one was when he was just... Exp- There's a scene in all these movies where they explain about what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. so they don't have to show anything. You know what I mean? He does the thing in front of the projector screen or the slideshow or whatever, overhead projector, and he says... This is what I'm going to do to you, and this is how it works. And in the second one, a guy's just basically screaming uh, the plot. (laughs) I don't. I don't think I understood the tone of this movie because you guys keep saying funny, and and no point did I think funny. Yeah, I think it it can be. It can be ridiculous, like absurdist funny. But in addition to being funny, funny. I think it's a great serious horror movie. So I think you can watch it both ways, personally. I mean, for me, the scene near the end. And I mean, we're 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 full spoiler on this episode, I'm guessing, because it's the fucking human centipede. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it, then you shouldn't be listening to this. So, for me, what really drove home the comedy is when they finally attack him, and they're trying to get away. By they, I mean the centipede, the three people that have been stitched ass to mouth, and Dieter Laser is climbing up the stairs after them. And he just licks the blood off the oh, stairs. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that was him. like zero gross. And I was like full belly laughing. Like this movie oh, yeah, is not blood. taking itself seriously at all. Like they're just fucking yeah. with us. Like who the hell would stop and just lick the blood off the stairs in that dire moment when one, your centipede pet is getting away. And two, you know, the cops are there and you're fucked. So why stop and just lick the blood? I was I was not? just like I burst out laughing. I appreciate that scene so much. It's one of Laser's best in the movie. What I didn't know like that's is, when you honestly, lick the blood. The first twenty minutes of the movie, where it's just those two girls. I didn't think <laughs> the character development of those two was really necessary. Did you think? Can we talk about the roofie for a second? Well, this movie is like the opposite of Knock Knock. Well, I liked I liked the girls. Yeah. I liked and the actresses. So it's uh, it's Ashley and Ashlyn are the actresses, and it's Lindsay and um, Jenny in the movie. I liked the girls. I thought that they were really funny and just like dumb, um, you know, slasher movie type characters. And I thought they both did a good job. What did you, what about the um, the rape drug man? Here's the issue. First of all, it came in these, we were talking about this, it came in these like little, uh, perfect little pouches that you'd pop out like an Alka-Seltzer. It doesn't look <laughs> like that. Uh, I mean, not that I would know, but. <laughs> well, he's a surgeon. Yeah, this is, this yeah, is yeah, a, like a treacherous uh, yes. path. But when she, when the girl, the, the roofie, right, she is out within like five minutes, okay? The cops come, he drinks the whole glass of water. He's good for like another hour. He goes to get a warrant. He go, yeah. He walks out of there and then he comes back and you know he's all messed up. But well, he I'm not sure he finished his. Also, he he's drank a, a lot of that water. He's a bigger, burly. You know, he's a. I don't think this is the kind of movie you really can like look at these like that that whole sequence. Instead of looking at like little like plot holes like that, to me, you have to look at when she's passing out from what he gave her and she says, "What's happening?" And he just says, "The rape drug." 
And then there's like, a description <laughs> of it. Like, that's what this movie is about, and it's underneath the paintings of the infants that are all over the house. Yeah. Those were done by Tom Six, the director, by the way. Really? So I, I just that think makes you have it so to, much weirder. Okay. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is weird. I think you just have to, like, this isn't a movie that you can, it doesn't make sense. And, uh, and to that point, um, Dr. Heiter is, like, presented as this, like, genius uh, sort of Nazi German uh, experimental surgeon guy. But as you guys are starting to point out, he's the most incompetent mastermind Nazi yeah. that there is like every step of the way you start noticing after you've seen this a number of times um, every step of the way he's making these mistakes and then he's drinking the, the whiskey or the scotch and like he's drunk you know you really question <laughs> his capability in this well I, I just want to point out that uh, the, the weeks that cat is not going to be here we tend to do the more extreme movies because she doesn't like them <laughs> And it's kind of an out for her. Like we've already covered this material without her. So, um, so Ben has has subbed in a couple times. I feel like I've been he, on the worst one. That, that's <laughs> we're establishing now a protocol that when Cat's not here, we think, all right, what's the most repulsive? Yeah, repugnant? we torture Ben. Yeah, what, what's the most <laughs> disgusting the thing? Horror expert. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll, we'll call Ben. He'll do it. Well, if you're going to walk around, you know, uh, using a name that, you know, flirts with your mortality, like Ben's been dead. That's uh, true. You've got to make you pay your dues we here with this whole it. dead thing. <laughs> yeah, more like Ben's been cred. Where is it? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, the, the entire thing with this movie is you, you cannot take it seriously. Even even the bad acting from Ashley Williams and Ashlyn Yenny, who play Lindsay and Jenny, I think it's intentional. It, it, it carries through to the second movie where poor Ashlyn uh, Yenny shows up again as herself, which we'll get to. And I, I, I don't think anybody in this movie was actually trying to act. Although Dieter Laser has been described as an absolute fucking nightmare to work with, that he would go into Dr. Josef Heiter mode and would not come out of it. But even that, I feel like, is like Tom Six and Laser like intentionally filling the press and the mythology behind this movie with just bullshit to make you more intrigued. I mean, this whole movie is is propaganda. The entire it was never meant to be serious. It was never meant to be art. Right. It was literally just meant to be propaganda. You guys make me like it more. <laughs> you really do. Why? Because I was just about to point out something that. Uh, for me, I was something I was going to dog on the movie for. But now that you put it in this context, we were talking about when the, the paper-thin Venetian blind goes yeah. over the top of the <laughs> pool. Like <laughs> she's like, ah! <laughs> well, And then, yeah, he's trying yes. to trap her in the pool. Right. So he turns on the electric thing. And then when she's about to be totally um, under the, the right. tarp, the power goes out and it stops. Right. But then her he head just pops up like she can just breathe under it the whole <laughs> yeah, time. Well, then he, yeah, he turns she's just pushing it up with her hands. The, the yeah, power. There was no suspense. All the suspense is bullshit in this movie. <laughs> but he, when he turns to go fix the power, he turns back to and yells into the pool, sorry, like, be right, BRB, you know, <laughs> finish killing you. Um, be right back. I mean, what would be his long game? I mean, Heither doesn't even have a long game. He's just kidnapping people off the road nearby his house. And, like, and then obviously and the someone's going to come for that. When she gets out of the pool afterwards, she just takes her sweet time doing <laughs> everything. Yeah. Like, 
he's been gone for about 15 seconds and she's just perfectly comfortable running around his house just like ah! Ah! <laughs> yeah, where where the where the fuck is he during that whole thing she drags a full-grown woman up multiple flights of stairs yeah <laughs> and through a house and out a broken window where, what where the are you hell gonna go? is she doing at Again, that time? Again, she drags her pool, over so much broken glass. And what she got, when she gets out of the house, she's going to drag her, what, like another five miles to town or whatever it is? <laughs> you know, like what? This is a, a good time for the horror movie PSA. We've talked about this before. People, if this happens to you, what you want to do, if you can get out, is you go get help. Yeah. You're not going to drag no. the half-dead body all the way to help. You go, go get the troops. <laughs> you go after the person. Go she get gets out in the up. basement. There if are you can't scalpels kill him, everywhere. Up. There are all sorts of instruments she could have used against this guy and didn't even cross her mind. Um, I loved Heiter's leather boots after the front of the centipede, which oh, yeah, is now hot. he treats as a dog. He just walks around his house and he gives it commands and stuff. Um, one, the front of the centipede bites him or stabs him under the table, so he puts on these giant, like, uh, very domineering-looking, like, <laughs> yeah. Nazi leather boots. <laughs> and I think if you want to get anything deeper out of this, there's some stuff going on maybe with like World War II commentary because mm. you have the, the Nazi doctor, you have the Japanese guy at the front of the centipede who cannot speak English. So he's yeah. just screaming in Japanese through the entire movie. And then you have the Americans also in the centipede. Wow. Boom. And then the next movie really takes place the in England. So I got to reconsider this whole series now, man. <laughs> wow. It's almost as though you're like just taking in this movie and digesting it and then shitting it into my mouth. <laughs> and then that, that's going. Feed Dave. And Feed I'm getting the Dave. third shit. And these guys are learning vicariously through uh, being my guests here on the podcast. Well, I did read about, Kevin, you mentioned like the method acting approach of Dieter Laser. Yeah. That he supposedly. Yeah, me. You know, the classic thing you read, which is probably bullshit, that he stayed in character the whole time and stayed in his trailer. And he would only eat fruit like he does in the movie where they show him eating an entire can of fruit for breakfast at his table, like freaking people out, stuff like that. Probably nonsense, but um, that's kind of a traditional thing to do with these movies, too. And have like having the, uh, the ambulance parked outside the, the premiere, you know, this is just right. like, you know, this is just yes. what you do. Yeah. Oh, and we had someone actually pass out. So, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a prop. It was we had someone pass out. I think I'm more interested... So a lot of times we'll do these episodes and Dave will interject with some sort of story that applies to the movies. And I think more than any episode I've ever done, I really want to know what the closest that you and Dave have woken up to after a gig on tour <laughs> that would be to the human centipede. Do you guys have anything at all? The thing in the beginning when they're going to the club and everyone's like, you're obviously not going to the club. You're in the middle of the forest. has happened to me and Trent before. Yeah, the club's this way. The club's this <laughs> yeah. way. Many, <laughs> many times. Yeah, that's, that's for sure happened. Um, and we, we were talking about how we wish the end of the movie zoomed out and the club was like right next to his house. And like they almost <laughs> yeah. made it. Yeah, almost made it. <laughs> well, you know, our, um, the man that Dave and I are in, we used to always dress up on Halloween and do a Halloween show. And I, for years, I thought about how we could possibly be the human centipede and and I went as far in my mind as imagining that, you know, if you and me and uh, uh, John, our bass player, if if we were the the, the centipede, you would have to be in front because you yeah. sing, 
Right. And then um, That's generous of you. Yeah, thanks. And then <laughs> I thought like I should be the caboose in all, you know. You get to sing backups, so it can't. Well, be that's as where it, that's where it gets difficult. But I was thinking that if you know, Forehead I was wondering if we if we all had our instrument straps on pretty tight, we could get down on all fours theoretically and crawl out to the front of the stage and just like play like a half a song maybe as the centipede, and then we would, you know, break up and, and do the rest of the set. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah, why haven't you I mean, done that yet? I never, I didn't feel like I developed it enough to bring to the band. Um, <laughs> but speaking of uh, of the band, the first time... It, it worries me that you spent that much time I know, thinking I, about I, it. I, I, I figured out who like, would be where. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll save the rest for, uh, for the next movie. <laughs> Uh, there's there's a lot of great things about this movie. My favorite part about researching this movie was reading quotes from critics because obviously this was not well received. So here here are my favorite quotes that I could find from critics on the Human Centipede. One was, "However rank the idea might be, the execution will barely make you flinch." Another one was, "Not nearly as shocking as it thinks it is." My favorite was, "David Cronenberg, this ain't." Wow, you didn't you didn't find the uh, Roger Ebert quote on on this movie? Uh he yeah, I mean I read both of Ebert's for both of them. What did he um, say? I mean he just dismissed them. He said he, as he refused to give literally it a star rating. He said it exists yes. in a world without stars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, He's that, not that, wrong. that that that's a great one. Um but I also want to mention, you know, R.I.P. uh Dieter Laser. He died oh, in twenty twenty at seventy eight. So as much fun as we're poking at him and I'm, as terrible no, as don't he say we, bro. Uh, I do want to give him some props because he did he did leave us. Tremendous actor. Our second film this week in the podcast Centipede is The Human Centipede 2 from 2011, once again written and directed by Tom Six. He wasted no time getting this out after uh, The Human Centipede only two years later. This is a straight-up meta-sequel, and it is also in black and white. Two brilliant choices, in my opinion. Uh, It takes place in Britain. This movie is about um, a developmentally disabled man who lives with his elderly mother, he works as a parking garage attendant, and he is totally obsessed with the film The Human Centipede, which he watches on a loop in his parking garage attendant booth while masturbating <laughs> and plotting how he is going to create a real 12-person human centipede. This movie also brings back Ashlyn Yenny from The Human Centipede, playing Ashlyn Yenny from The Human Centipede. So it's that, it's that full meta. I absolutely love this movie just as much. I think that it stands shoulder to shoulder with The Human Centipede as an all-time horror classic. This is like Godfather, Godfather 2 territory to me. 
which is better. You know, I don't know. That's for future <laughs> generations to debate. <laughs> I think you can make an argument either way. Uh, hostile, hostile too. Same sort of situation here with the Human Centipede 2. A big, big fan of this movie. We have a couple fresh uh, victims here who just watched <laughs> it. <laughs> so I feel sorry for them. Um, but it was Thank gratifying you. for me, actually, to see some of the responses. It must have, I feel a little bit like Tom Six right now, having watched <laughs> two other people watch The Human Centipede 2 for the first time. Kevin, what did you think? Well, Trent, the way that you just described The Human Centipede 2 is only making Daddy's Willy harder. <laughs> uh this 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 movie is deplorable it's disgusting <laughs> i have a really hard time making making it through it I, i'm sure we'll get into oh. one of the particular scenes that for me is yes. really difficult um which one? but that being yeah. said as a horror <laughs> film like poop. it's really fucking great it's shot beautifully the characters are well at least one character lawrence harvey playing martin the main character is unbelievable in this. Uh, one of the grossest characters I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, other than that, no other character is even remotely dug into. There's no pacing. There's no character development. Um, but you know what? If Tom Six, which I think he did in this movie, wanted to just say fuck you to all the critics of Human Centipede 1, he, he accomplished that. I would argue that the most complex character in this movie was the doctor. <laughs> yeah, 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 he didn't yeah. really get developed. Yeah, rest. He, he developed very quickly. The doctor I mean, or like, he's like, a doctor, like the guy that came to giving... visit him and talk about like his sexual abuse or whatever? Yeah, his, th- his therapist. But his mo- mother referred to him as the doctor. But I love, I loved Hostel 2 and I loved Human Centipede 2. Um, and I think that it was because I loved this movie, I understood the tone of it because it's just my, it's my vibe. It's the sweaty, gross guy. Uh, <laughs> it reminded me of I Stand Alone a lot. Okay. Uh, the scenes when he's like changing and, and standing in his whitey tighties, which I Stand Alone, Ben also had to suffer through another <laughs> grotesque man and his sweat and his body <laughs> hair and everything. Um. This movie is super shocking. Uh, we were arguing it during the break because that's what we do. We take a break from the podcast and then we talk more about the movies. Um, sometimes we should just roll through the breaks and offer that on the Patreon or something. But uh, we talked about how this might even be grosser than a Serbian film uh, because it has a lot of the poop play that you know Kevin doesn't Ugh. like. The thought, just the thought of like, you know, diarrhea squirting out of someone's anus and into someone else's mouth all over their tongue. And there's diarrhea just dripping off their tongue, like brown, tan, uh, maybe as chunks or whatever. Um, (laughs) I wish the the people at home could see Kevin really throw up. Yeah, I know. He's like wiping his face right now over and over again and pacing and swallowing hard. Yeah, I wouldn't swallow that that if I were you. I would just spit that out. <laughs> anyway, I love this movie. It's super gross, right up my alley. Um, Mikey, what did you think of the, your first romp through Human Centipede 2? Human Centipede 2, I thought it was like, <clears throat> I remember hearing about it a long time ago, and I thought the premise of it was really genius of having somebody, having a sequel to the film, being somebody who was a fan of the film reenacting it in real life but then i watched it and i was just like oh <laughs> like, 
It was it was very effective. I'll say that much. It got it got it got the point across, and I understand Trent's point where it's like it is for as ridiculous and grotesque and just completely batshit crazy as it is. It is a perfect horror film for for that reason. You know what I mean? Because it kind of encapsulates. Like what it is to be a horror film to just kind of be, yeah, to push the limits. Yeah, exactly. And I I understand that, but not, also at the same time, I'm not gonna watch it again. <laughs> That's what you guys are in this for, just like the straight gore. Well, you know, it has its place. I mean, not no, always. It's, it's like it's 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 kind of like it's like that Monty Python humor almost, where it's just like so ridiculous and out there that it works. Or or it's like you know? it's like hip hop. It, it's it, it's usually made by these underground people coming up. It's not like big movie studios that make horror or it, it started this way. It's become more commercialized. But so they're like the underdogs and they're doing stuff. You know, like a lot of the effects on a lot of movies are people coming up with these things by themselves. So it's like hip hop in the way that you kind of want to find the most authentic, real, grimy stuff yeah. you can. You know what I mean? Uh, to just kind of explore the whole thing. But there's also smart hip hop and there's really intellectual hip hop. But sometimes you want to go and list some really dirty South stuff where you're like, oh, that guy probably did just rob somebody's mom and now he's rapping about it. That's how I That's kind of real. think of like. I don't know how you can equate this to. Uh, yeah, I equate it to like extreme metal. You know, like the more metal yeah. I'm familiar with, the more extreme I, I want to familiarize myself with the extreme. Like the most far out, like black metal that I can listen to. Bonus if they actually kill the guy or two. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I just want to experience those extremes and I can appreciate them for what they are. And then I can watch something that's, you know, a PG 13 horror movie that's really well acted and that has maybe more prestige and that has a, yeah. a better made film um ben you have seemed a little bit agitated ever since the topic of the human centipede 2 came up in particular i know you didn't like the first one but i feel like you liked the second one even less if I mean, that's this possible it was just awful it was like they took every part of a movie that was just like like writing or anything and they were just like shit and eating ass and poop and more poop and more poop and then true yeah like you know so where's anyway get poop to the problem more poop and more poop uh yeah i don't know I, the the guy was disgusting he's one of like the ugliest little creatures i've ever seen um yeah i mean like i think kevin was saying none of the characters were developed at all um this guy was barely developed so did you feel like you were Looking into the mirror, is that were you? Uh, did you relate to this <laughs> character? Because I, I mean, the defensiveness makes me feel like a little bit. <laughs> you related. <laughs> um, I Trent, could you please describe the scene? Because you walked in right as the uh, the apex, the precipice. I had the, I had the, the pleasure. Yeah, I had the pleasure of watching Ben and the Drifter see the <laughs> climax of the Human Centipede Two for the first time at the same time live and uh like i said it, it was gratifying uh, to see grown men jumping <laughs> out you know That's sort of falling side jumping out of chairs <laughs> looking away there was gagging even not you know this is a tough movie i i do not pretend at all that this isn't tough even i had some tough moments and even when you guys were watching it it is very very tough 
this movie gives you everything you would expect out of the first one. Kevin, you mentioned the first one. You you finding it not particularly graphic when you think about the um, the, the subject matter. <clears throat> this movie is where Six gives you all of that. And so, you know, you do get the centipede doing what centipedes do, uh, one in one end, Oops. out the other. But the thing yeah. is, in this movie, Martin, and, and I think this is brilliant, the whole surgical thing is totally flipped around on its head because in the first one, you had one of the world's leading uh, surgeons in you know, separating conjoined twins. In this one, you have the disabled guy, Martin, who uses household a tools. Gun. Staple gun. <laughs> a staple gun. He, he takes out, at one point, he takes out one of those like dual-pronged spears that you oh, use yeah, on the barbecue the you know, <laughs> yeah. to spear the hot dogs. So his, his centipede doesn't hold up nearly as well. And so when it's time to, to pass I... you know, the food... Um, you get these explosions, these massive explosions throughout the centipede, and it even splatters onto the camera. There are a number of times when what's exploding through the centipede is coming out all the different parts, and it's splattering on the camera. And that was when Ben dived out of his chair and uh, thought, <laughs> job well done. I, the thing evil. is, though, it's in black and white, but when that part happens, everyone swears they see brown. Yeah, I saw it. It is. <laughs> no, it's legit. It's 100% brown. legit. I... When the poop shoots out of the butts, it's brown. They color it. And yeah. disgustingly, they somehow compared this to like Schindler's List, where the only color you see is like the girl in the, the red, red dress. Oh my um, God. And what the fuck? <laughs> like, let's not compare uh, Human <laughs> Centipede 2 and Tom Six's filmmaking to Schindler's List, please. And thank you. The poop spray. Uh, but that scene is horrible. And the fact that he chose to do it to do the poop in brown color is is just more tasteless. But again, I'm going to say, hey, you're Works. making a horror film. It worked. No, was brown. That, was um, that wasn't like a, we weren't being tricked. That actually was there brown. Are a couple it was parts, brown. I think it was, the poop the was brown. Yeah. I, I can confirm that. But I also can confirm that there is a color version of the movie available if you buy the Blu-ray set that came out in 2015, which has all three movies. So you can see the Human Centipede 2 in color, which I don't recommend. Whoa. I definitely never will. I would. In fact, I, I only I think I the reason this movie is watchable as a horror fan is because it's in black and white. Uh, well, there's more, much more disgusting stuff. Before we um, <laughs> go delve further into some of the graphic scatological details, I do want to just talk the plot a little bit. So Martin, as he is assembling this centipede, which is no more believable than Dr. Heitar's assembling of his, I mean, he, Martin is just picking people out of the parking garage. I mean, obviously, this is absurd. You couldn't Nobody ever people. thinks they've yeah. gone missing or checks for them. No, because it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, this so is absurd. So many blood scenes in the parking yeah. lot. And the way that they all just insult him. Like, they, they see him, and instead of, like, running away or driving away, they just berate him with insults. It, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, this it's, is theater really of bad. the absurd. Again, you're not supposed to, and I'll do this with King Kong, because I don't like, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. I'll pick apart all the ways. That makes no sense. You can do that with this, too, but, you know, it's just not that kind of movie. Um, so while Martin is assembling his peed, the whole time um, his mother, his elderly mother at home, is berating him over the loss of uh, his father. His father is in prison for molesting him. And so that plays a major role in his development and in his character. This is a, a, a trauma and abuse sufferer, and he's stuck at home with a purveyor of the abuse who is like telling him every day that she misses his father and that he shouldn't have gone to jail. 
and it gets so bad that at one point Martin walks into his bedroom in the middle of the night. It's all dark, and he turns on the light, and his mother is standing over his bed with a butcher knife stabbing the pillow. So it gets really psychological and, and pretty ugly in that sense. Like, the, the centipede isn't even really, you know, the worst thing going on in this. And then to make matters even worse, uh, his therapist that his mom brings over appears to be trying to molest him as well. Yeah, okay. So I did catch that. Oh, yeah, no, that was very, yeah, yeah. His therapist at least Rasputin? wanted to. The, yeah. ther- the, the therapist yeah. at yeah. one point says, I'd rather fuck the retard boy. I mean, yeah. He was getting a blowjob in the back of the car. Yes. And and yeah, yeah and, and, and he would prefer, instead of that blowjob, that he would molest Martin. Oh, and, speaking of head. I don't get the mom. Very oh, psycho mom. moment. It's a very psycho moment. Disgusting. That should we should not let the poop overshadow no, that was a, what a his moment. mom's head looked like <laughs> after that beating, and then he propped her up the table. But the other piece of plot I wanted to make sure that we get in here is the return of Ashlyn uh, Yen, uh, Yenny from uh, the Human Centipede. She returns to this movie, as I said, playing herself because Martin has somehow placed calls to uh, various talent agencies trying to get stars of the first movie which is his inspiration here. Again, this is like real-world meta. Um, he wants to get them into his peed. So the only one that will get back to him is the agent of Ashlyn Yenny because she's been told uh, she's auditioning for a new Quentin Tarantino movie. So she shows up playing herself, making fun of herself in the first movie. I thought they did some, some kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't say cute stuff, I guess, but I thought they did some funny stuff in the car where she's like so excited to go on this audition and she can't wait to work with Quentin and just being like <laughs> as bubble-headed and annoying as in the first one, but like at her own, her own expense. So I thought she was a really good sport. And of course, um, she is rewarded by being in the front of the Pete. Yeah, she goes from the back the to the front. front. What's, the, what's the hole there, Ben? Uh that this guy can't talk and somehow he placed calls to all three of these people's <laughs> agents and convinced them that these people were going to be in a Quentin Tarantino movie and they believed it. This point. guy doesn't say a word. Well, only one, be- I would say only one believed it. Only Ashlyn. The, well, the other ones were up. like, well, thank you. No, remember they no there's a call. Like, there's a call oh, near the end the where the yeah, agent true. for the other two call him and he gets a voicemail that says it's literally the only dialogue in the last 38 minutes of the movie is he gets a voicemail from the other two actors saying, their agent saying, oh, they've been freed up and they're now available to do your yeah, film. Yeah, they want to be in it. Well, the, the other thing is that we don't know that Martin can't talk. He just doesn't speak. <laughs> he just doesn't throughout the He says speak. one word the word. entire movie. He does? What's the word he says? I don't remember. I, I, I have no idea. I, I just I read that he, he I speaks he just went, one, ah, one actual one word point. the entire film. He does the raspberry thing. He he conducts the the whole poop sequence when, when he made he, fart noises too. Yeah, he made yeah he made he makes a big <laughs> noise when he's conducting. He's waving his arms. <laughs> That's a raspberry thing. Okay, sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, after the uh, laxative has been administered, yeah. and he's like in the butt too. He didn't give the laxative through the mouth. Yeah, he just I, shoots it <laughs> into their butts. It, it works faster sense. than he goes to a bottle that says oral laxative. Yeah, and then he puts it into their butt cheeks. Their butt yeah. cheeks, like not. No, I that know. I that's I love that science. Let's just yeah. let that let's let let that cut, work. Cut to the chase. It would yeah. take yeah. longer. To it go would take longer mouth. to go through the whole body. That's fun. It's like let's just put it in black and white, and it'll yeah. be like artsy. Second. It'll be like they'll make it seem like it was a thing, but it'll also just take the edge off of how fucking 
foul this well, shit. Trent, Trent made a good point. It was like, you can't tell the difference between the blood and the diarrhea. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I yeah. That, that is that. a great thing that only well, that happens was, in black that, and white. That, yeah. that, that bummed me out because I really wanted <laughs> yeah. to see the difference. No. <laughs> Uh, ben, if you had to choose between the human centipede and the human centipede two, which would you, as as though you were choosing between Godfathers, which do you think is oh, better? Wow, I would never give these movies that kind of praise, but uh, I think I would have to pick the first one because at least there was some semblance of like writing and like suspense. You know, like things would happen and you'd be like, oh, like jump scare type stuff, but. Uh, there was none of that in the second. It was just like, oh, these guys get all shot in the face, and uh, then they just get stitched or stapled together. Yeah, it was only horrible the whole time. And there time. was no, like, you know, <laughs> there was no moments where they were, like, afraid of this guy. It was just like he was always just, like... It's a good point. ...working at the fucking parking yeah, garage. The second one's not scary. It's yeah, just gross. It's just gross. It's the most gross. I, I, I can't really choose. I mean, I, I see them as one as, as a work... And it's it, one it, thing that's connected to the, the next. Exactly. <laughs> that's why they you made three of them. You can't separate. To me, and I can't separate the two movies. They're they're so good. Um, and and whether you like them or not, the thing about the Human Centipede movies is that it doesn't really matter. They're a part of horror canon, and they will always be part of horror canon. They were parodied on South Park. This is yep. part of culture yeah. now, and you Set know for stone. that. You know, you can only call that a success, Kevin. If you had to choose between the Human Centipede or the Human Centipede Two, which would you? Which which do you think is like better, quote unquote? However, you define that. I think that just because of a, a personal issue I have, I would have to go with the first one because I also found it funnier. And the second one with the poop stuff, um, I have to <laughs> literally walk away and try not to throw up. <laughs> Um, but the second one, I think, is actually a better film. I think it's a better film. Me, personally, yeah. I would say Human yeah. Centipede 1. But if, if if I were going to say what's the better flick, uh, Tom Six did something pretty fucking impressive with the second one. Um, we, we, we've forgotten to mention uh, his mom when she just, like, literally says, I've decided to kill us both. Oh, pretty yeah. pretty awesome great line. quote from mom. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in it that it, it's gross, it's disgusting, but it's consistent. The first one is not consistent. It's a pretty bad film. The second one is remarkably consistent in its terribleness. Like, it, it, it lets you know pretty quickly on, that's I'm not kinda, going yeah, to give you any thinking. character development. I'm just going to show you terribleness for 90 minutes. And it did it well, and it made me feel sick. It made me think things that I never thought I would would have to think about or see. Uh, and and there's even the baby scene that we haven't even talked about that is like oh, just God. overkill, Tom Six. Baby but you know what? It. it fit with the movie. Uh, so I got to take my hat off to it. I don't want to watch it ever again. Um, happy to do so for the show and, and, and super happy in some sort of sick way that Ben and Mikey had to watch this. Um, but yeah, that, I, I, guess, I guess that's my take. I, when, I, when this movie starts, there are no intro credits. It actually just starts up with a shot from Human, Human Centipede 1 and then it zooms out to reveal this guy's watching uh, the movie. But there's no intro credits, so like it's so stylistically different that when the end credits came on and it said it was Tom Six again, I was actually surprised because I didn't read anything going into the sequel. I just watched it, and you know, a lot of times 
people, different directors will grab onto a, a franchise or whatever and make a sequel. Uh, what'd you say? It was Tom Six and his sister? Uh, his sister, Iona Six, co-produced. Uh, fucked up movies. family. I, yeah, I, I'd, know, like, I'd like to know more yeah. about their relationship and their fucking yeah. childhood. What are their parents like? Well, <laughs> I, these aren't the only movies that Tom Six has done, uh, and, and neither is the, uh, the third Centipede movie. He's actually done uh, a bunch of other movies, and they were Human all co-produced movie. by Iona. Um, I mean, they're Dutch, you know? They're a little bit uh, ahead of us, I think, sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'd like to you know, really push some push of these the boundaries. boundaries. And, really um, ni- they're really nice people. <laughs> I spent some time there. Is, uh, it's, it's a good. handsome, stylish man that wears, like, he wears like a wow. fancy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like a whole, a whole thing, I and he actually it. does this kind of character thing himself, where like I don't know, like a Glenn Danzig type guy, where sometimes he gives these interviews and he's like in his Tom Six character, but then you find other interviews. He did quite a bit of press for both of these movies, so there's a lot of stuff out there, and, and um, he's a pretty smart guy. But he does these other other interviews where he's just like a normal, you know, regular uh, nice guy, Dutch filmmaker. I mean, it's all a joke. Um, I don't want to be too cavalier about some of the material that is presented in both of these movies. It is very, very hard to watch. Um, Kevin, you mentioned the baby scene. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I have a habit of sometimes acting like anyone can appreciate these things and encouraging people to watch them. I love both of these movies. I think you should definitely watch them both. But take that with a large grain of salt, as you can see. There yeah. are a couple of men here who have had Don't a life. Bother. Like uh, a really you big, should see like, these guys right now. They like, look like to watch these like back go to back. like go downtown and get one, like a sculpture of a grain of salt, like a big grain of salt. I had to watch these movies with. ass to mouth. It was awful. Like, yeah. <laughs> ass to mouth. <laughs> ATM baby. First. Take it out of the ATM. Ass to mouth. He's gonna stitch us up. What we saw shooting out of their asses was made of cocoa powder. Uh, vegan condensed milk and crushed ginger biscuits and that it tasted so good that the cast was eating it like in between takes. I was going to say, it sounds no great. Way. That made me literally almost throw I'll up. Pu- you could put on like a nice ice cream sundae or something. We should have been serving that up at the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah I, sh- I should have given you guys a, a recipe ahead of time. I'm sorry. Uh, these are both available for rent on most of the uh, major VOD platforms. Uh, take this episode as you will. Uh, there are recommendations, there are um, non-recommendations, but it's easy to see, and you can find it even free on YouTube, the first movie, if you feel like watching it without any German dub. You're making daddy's willy harder. All right, good job, guys. Yeah.